Hey everybody, it's Maylee Thomas with Texas Homegrown Music, and I've got a great show for you today. A girl by the name of Andy K. Joyner from the Blacktop Gypsy Band, and she's also breaking out on a solo career as well. She's got a really remarkable story of redemption from a health issue where she has undergone a complete heart and liver transplant, the only one from UT Southwestern in Dallas. And she's five years now um, doing so well and back to singing and playing music again. And I'm so happy to have her on my show today. And I love that she's going to share about what it takes for us to be able to have this kind of beautiful, remarkable recovery. And it comes from people being donors. And if, if you're not a donor, please be a donor. It's so easy to do. And it's a beautiful gift of life that you can give. So I want to get to that uh, interview very quickly because I know that you're going to enjoy hearing from her. She's just a beautiful soul. And speaking of beautiful souls, um, I've got a song I'm going to play today, and it's kind of different. It's called Passing Lullaby, and it's for some friends of mine that might be listening that have lost their loved ones. Um, I actually wrote this song years ago with my good friend Andy Timmons when a very good friend of his lost their daughter. And uh, I just had friends lose their husbands this past week, two of them in the same week. And I want to play this song uh, for them and for their, just for their heart, for them to remember that, that we are just passing through all of us. We don't know how long we have, but I do believe that while we're here, we should make the best of it, love life, get out of it what we can, as you know, is my Beautiful motto that I say. So this is a song called Passing Lullaby for all you out there. And then we'll be back with Andy K. Joyner from Blacktop Gypsy right here at Texas Home. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I um, as 
as you know, we've been trying to put this together for a while. And my good friend, Chaz Marie, was telling me, oh, my gosh, you've got to have Andy Kay on. And then I did some reconnaissance and I'm going, how did I miss you all these years? You're so phenomenal. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I've known Chaz for a long, a long time. She's a, a great talent and a super nice, nice girl. So, yeah, so nice to do. Well, this. I want to, I want to introduce everyone to um, who you are and what you are all about. So, Andy K. Joyner has a band and has been playing with Blacktop Gypsy, her friend Heather Stalling. And they've got some really great music out there. And she's also embarking on her solo career now with a tune that, that we're going to play today that's not even out yet. So I'm very excited about that. And we'll talk about that in a little later segment. But before we start, um, I just want to have you give everybody a little introduction about how you got started. And because you've got quite a little resume there, Andy Kay, and how you got started as a young kid and um, all the different kinds of styles of music that you were introduced to. So I'm just going to let you go and do your thing and let us know um, how that all began and from a musical family. Okay, well, I guess it kind of started before I was born <laughs> because my mother um, is a musician and, and a singer. And uh, um, and then so from an early age, probably, um, well, I've always loved music. And, um, and um, I guess I, I guess we pretty much... My first time on, on a stage with my first band, which was my mom and my stepfather, uh, I was um, 10 years old and I played in front of um, the entire hometown in Edgewood, which is, you know, and I say entire, but, you know, we're a little, little town of 1,200-ish people. <laughs> So, yeah, I started out at home with uh, just singing in the car with my mom and my dad, and then my stepdad came around when I was about five or six years old, and I would always sneak downstairs to to listen to them playing in the living room. And then and then one day I just I just uh, decided to join join that band. <laughs> And then my stepfather exposed me to a lot of bluegrass music, and uh, he had um, some friends that he played with, Stone Mountain Bluegrass Band, and I joined their band as a guest singer and uh, full-time back singer, backup singer, uh, when I was about 12. And sometimes um, uh, the bass player, sometimes she would have to take off, and my mom would fill in. So, you know, we traveled all around Texas and Arkansas and Oklahoma with the Stone Mountain Bluegrass Band. So that was a... a well, lot. and I, I noticed um, when I was reading about you that uh, you, you used to play on Saturday nights at the um, Bluegrass, well, at the Kaufman County Opera. Yes. And they've had a lot of styles there. I started, um, I started um, you know, as a guest, as... Opry's do. Um, I was. I started out um, just. Uh, well, you have to audition, and then <laughs> I guess I made the cut. Um, so um, I started um, being a guest singer on that show, and then uh, they hired me to be uh, their backup 
singer for the house band there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that had to be a great way to get into the music um, business, of course, because if, when you sing backup with people and you're thrown into that situation, you learn real quick. Uh, what's that statement? When in doubt, lay out. <laughs> yes, absolutely. When in doubt, just just lay out. Uh, I mean, I I have to uh, credit my mother for um, teaching me harmony vocals because you know I, I remember at a very young age, um, you know, and I remember asking her, well, "What are you doing? You know, you're not singing the note, but." It sounds beautiful. <laughs> so she said, well, that's, you know, that's, I'm seeing the first or, you know, third part harmony vocals. So, so naturally that just started with she and I singing to the radio in the car together. And so she would sing her part and then I would find, I found the other part um, naturally. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I never had any training, um, just, um, except for my parents and and their love of well which is certainly training and also because your mom was the singer um I, I brought i was brought up in the same kind of situation my mom was a singer as well and in the car she would sing songs and she would tell me you know she would try to specifically tell me all right i want you to sing the third above or i want you to sing the third below or i want you to sing the fifth above and and that really helped me out a lot as a as a child and i thought it was fun yeah, it is. It's uh, kind of a musical, musical game. <laughs> well, so you so you started out playing music um, at, at ten years old, and you continued on, and and then obviously you went forward, and as you became older, and you decided this is what you wanted to do. When did you step out and really start getting serious? Uh, well, right after I graduated. High school, I started singing with a, a dance band in Dallas, but um, that all goes back to the Kaufman County Opry. I met, um, you know, in this little town in East Texas. I, I met some of my lifelong friends there, and I met a lot of musicians. And I would, I would study them, and I would, I would watch what they're doing. What is that wire for? And how does the microphone, you know, hook up to? You know, how do we get that sound? You know, I just, I just remember, um, you know, being excited to be a part of it, and and then learning a lot. And that is where I met Milo Daring, and that's where I met Woody Woodruff and Steve Gracie and Jay New, um, and especially Heather Stalling. <laughs> you know, I was 15 years old, and I, I that's when I. You know, I have lifelong friends from school, and I definitely have lifelong friends from music, starting um, at, with that bluegrass band and with the Kaufman County Opry. And um, so through Woody Woodruff, I met Heather, and we became, you know, instant best friends. And, um, and Jay New was in that band, which eventually, years later, he became a part of our band. Um, we were looking for a bass player, and Jay New was was right there, available, thankfully. <laughs> well, and I thought it was interesting when we talked earlier about how you and Heather, um, I've got some girlfriends I've met this way, you and Heather met young and um, with other 
significant others and then you kept your friendship through the breakups and you're still together to this day which I I have so many girlfriends that I met through dating uh, someone else and and we made it through all of the breakups oh yeah yeah, thank you, Woody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so now, and of course, Heather Stalling is the wife of Max Stalling, and Heather and Max are going to be on my show in a few weeks, so we'll be able to talk about that um, yes. as well. But you mentioned Milo Milo Deering, and what an, an incredible guy he is, and a, a, such a talent. I've, I've had Milo play on some things of mine. In fact, he played on some of my early records and he just came out um, the last few years and sat in and played some shows. What a gift. And, Wonderful. you know, he's Milo is a national treasure. <laughs> you know, he just, he just is. He's wonderful. That's yeah, everybody knows. He really is. Contact he's, he's, he's or worked with him. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that when you look at his discography to find out who all he's played with, it will scare you to think, oh, my gosh, I've got that guy playing with these. I don't deserve it. And read, you know, if you you start looking into his his, uh, work history, (laughs) you need some insight. Yes, he's in He's an amazing talent, and I I love him so much. And I I love the fact that you've done so much – where you've worked with other artists and um, and do you oh, do yeah. co-writing with different artists as well? I know that you and Heather write a oh, lot yeah. together. He, he and I just have an ease of, uh, you know, we have a, a communication like none other. And that's important in songwriting. Um, I've written with my friend Nate Kip uh, a little bit here and there. And, um, yes, co-writing is... Uh, yeah, as other things, you know, it's, it's, it's better when you have two. Usually it's better when you have two brains than just one. <laughs> well, and, and there's some people that you just absolutely click with, with and you can give them an idea and they've been with you enough to know where you're trying to go with it. You well, know what I mean? Absolutely. We have been on the same page since day one. And, um, you know, and if we're not, we don't. We're best friends. We're family. We don't have a problem with telling the other one, you know. Nah, let's, you know, that's good. Let's let's try something else, you know, something that you know it fits. But maybe we can find a better, a better, better fit. But you know, you well, and sometimes you just have to walk away from it and come back later because you're just not quite there. Oh, yeah. We have a super secret uh, songwriting backpack, and it just. Uh, there's napkins, there are um, menus, there's hotel flyers, there's receipts, you know, just full of unfinished, you know, maybe we'll, we'll uh, we, we got together the other day, we said that we we're gonna, we're gonna grab the backpack, get it out of the closet and go, and go through some of, all of them, you know, all of that old stuff. <laughs> That's that's cool. Well, I remember you telling me that there was actually a time when you and Heather were in the car on the way to a gig and you started writing a song and it just clicked and you got done pretty much by the time you got there. Yes. I mean, um, that's yes. The, the several songs started like that because we were traveling. We were in other people's bands and um, supporting them. So and, you know, 
she lived in East Texas. I lived, you know, close by, and, and um, you know, we always had a long ways to go. So a lot of time on the road, a lot of girl talk, um, a lot of stories that we just um started writing on the highway well we're gonna play we're gonna play butterfly from blacktop gypsy right now is there some little thing you want to say about that song i mean i I like i I say a a lot of times i know every song can be something different for the listener but sometimes it's you know it's it's nice to just know it's poetic to know what you were thinking Butterflies are one of my favorite things on earth. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. Yeah, butterfly just, uh, you know, normally we, um, you know, we start um, with a melody or, you know, more on the road, we would start just, you know, with the lyrics. Um, butterfly definitely started with an E minor. <laughs> and um, just some chorus changes we were we were playing and it was very late at night. I'm sure it was after a show and, and uh, it just kind of went on into the morning. I'm not sure, um, you know, what we were going through at the time, but I think it was, um, I'm sure we were in different places. Um, and it just, uh, it just all came Some together. sort of transformation, right? <laughs> And that's what's yeah. beautiful about to, to me that what represent what the butterfly represents is the transformation from the cocoon to the flying and being free. And so, uh, you know, it, it's I mean, originally when we were writing it, I'm sure we were going through breakups and and and, you know, now, um, you know, the song has a different meaning to me. It has, it has several different meanings, and I think that's the beauty of music, that it's uh, universal, that can be. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Uh, hopefully, you know, has a meaning for for different. Well, it's got a meaning for me, and I think it's a I think it's a great song, so we're going to play it right now. So if you're listening, it's Texas Homegrown Music with my guest, Andy K. Joyner uh, from Blacktop Gypsy, and here's the song Butterfly, and we'll be right back. Summer's gone without a sound No more flowers on the ground Where will you go to fight the cold? Will you leave before the fall? Take a chance and lose it all Please take me 
Well, we're back with Andy K. Joyner of Blacktop Gypsy, and we talked on the first segment about how she started playing when she was very young, and I think we, I don't know if we mentioned or not that uh, Andy K. and Heather Stalling um, from Blacktop Gypsy, you guys actually had a um, year residency at Adair's um, right there in Dallas, and both of you were driving in and going to play that every week. Yes, we we did. Um, you know, we were in other bands, and um, it started out on a Monday night, and just for fun, and something different. We were very young, consumed with music, as we still are. Um, I don't know about the young part, but consumed with music, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yes, we were, um, you know, we were all in different bands, and we... Um, and it was ever-changing, you know, somebody couldn't make it. Um, they would be friends of ours from, from other bands. I think at one point we had some of Tommy Alverson's band members. We had some of 1100 Springs band members, but it was just always a fun gathering. Uh, started out on Monday nights, and then um, Heather had Cub Scouts and with her son and uh, Tyler on Monday, so I switched it to Tuesdays. And um, so, yeah, that, um, uh, you know, we we're, were on a schedule once a week. Uh, we didn't even think about it. She lived in Tyler. I lived in um, Wills Point, and uh, we have other people coming in from Fort Worth, and Jerry Abrams, Thurston Selby, Joe DeJulia, I think he was might have been one of the few guys that lived in Dallas, but uh, it was just important for us to gather with our friends and, and play music in front of an audience. And that was, you know, I, I attended, uh, you know, junior college right out of high school, but, you know, eight years was a great university. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's nothing like um, on-the-job training and for singers and songwriters and for people that are starting out. I tell them all the time, you know, when they ask me, what should I do? How should I get, you know, better? I said, play. Play in front of people. Get to play a place where it, it's, you know, not a scary thing. For some people, it is to get up in front of people. And then for you to have that residency on a Monday or Tuesday night is so great because so many other musicians aren't gigging on those nights and it's a it's you know probably a lot easier for you to have people come in and sit in um i know for me um for so many years that was probably the only time i could actually go to see someone else was on a sunday or a monday or a tuesday because those nights were generally open yes not work nights not thursdays fridays or, or saturday Right. And so um, that must have been fun. I'm sure you had so many people, you know, that normally wouldn't be able to be free because they're playing other gigs. And especially if you're trying to do this full time, you were gigging in other bands constantly. Yes. And so we were in a normal um, band every week. So this this broke broke it up and was a little little different. And it was a lot of fun. And a lot of uh you know music education i don't know absolutely not but we were learning a lot Well, I want to talk about something as well that a lot of people probably don't know. I know your good friends do know, and it was a struggle that you went through and um, um, 
so it's, uh, you were diagnosed, you were misdiagnosed for years. Uh, and I think you said when you were uh, young, really young, that they, you know, you, you had a few issues, but they never tied it together. You probably think it might have had something to do with it. Yes. But um, you were you were diagnosed um, with uh, hemochromatosis. Mm -hmm. Is that the correct pronunciation? And you actually you actually went through a major major thing in 2016. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and and how that changed you and your perspective um, about life and music and what it is that you want to do? I think that when you go through something like that, a trauma like mm -hmm. this. It can really change your course. I don't think it changed your course anymore because you're you're doing what you were doing, but maybe a little bit more passionately. Well, you know, I've um, lots lots of life changes in the past five years, um, but definitely uh, going through. Um, you know, I mean, I had a lot of help, but yes, I fought fought to stay here because I love, I love living. <laughs> I love my family and friends and, and I wasn't ready to let them go yet. So, um, yes, when you face your own mortality, um, you, and you live through it, you know, you have a, I have a, a, a bigger love, um, you know, for life. And um, in the time that we have here, you know, it can be over in a moment's time. But yes, I, I, a bigger love and, and a gratefulness that, you know, I've never, I've never known. Well, so for, for our listeners out there, um, Andy Kay went through a major um, Operation. She's had a transplant, a heart and a liver transplant. And it's been only, five years? Yes, five years. I'm the only heart and liver transplant recipient from UT Southwestern in Dallas. And um, I was hospitalized wow. um, um, and did leave the hospital on July 29th and, um, of 2016. And I was put on a, um, a life support, um, it's called ECMO, I was put on that um, September 4th, I believe, of 2016, and two days later, um, I got the perfect match for heart and liver, so um, very grateful, very thankful that I did not run out of time. Wow, that's a what a beautiful thing, and I I was reading a, a few things about it and how um, it was how hard it had to be for you to lay in that room. But everything I've read said that you had a very positive and beautiful outlook, even the whole time that you were at UT Southwestern. Well, yes, for the most part, you know, had um, you know, I've seen my friends and my family go into a hospital and they just fix them, fix them up. My stepfather had a, uh, similar to a brain aneurysm that he wasn't supposed to make it through, but um, Baylor Hospital in Dallas saved him. And so all of my life, if something, something is wrong with you, I see you go into a hospital and then, you know, they fix you up and, and then you go home and life goes on. But 
Um, so I thought that that was going to be the, the case. I, I had, you know, I, I say I'm a positive person. I don't know why um, I am all the time, but I am. Um, up until it got to be really scary. I had a, I had the big major surgery, and then I had a, an emergency surgery. Um, uh, five days later, I believe. So in those days, in between the time they woke me up and in the time that I was going to um, my next surgery, you know, that's when I became not so sure. And um, and I realized that, you know, I, I may not make it through this. <laughs> this is scarier than I even realized. And, and I was doubtful. For, for a few days, but um, I really did um, do everything that they told me to do. Um, I listened, and they told me to breathe. You know, I breathe. They told me to push. They told me that I'm going to, um, you know, they need to draw blood. Yes, okay, please do whatever you need to do in order for you to help me walk out of this hospital. I want to... Uh, I want to join the rest of the world again. Well, I'm so grateful that you got the that you found a re um, the heart and the liver transplant, and that you became the recipient of both for the first time ever. That's pretty amazing. And now, five years later, you're still going strong. And I'm sure that it had to be scary in this last year and a half with COVID. And I'm sure that you're probably susceptible to. Um, you know, being one on the extreme of not getting it and you were closed in for quite a while, probably yeah. are still being a little bit careful. Oh yeah, I have to be, I have to be careful for, for the, you know, forever now. Um, uh, so yeah, I was wearing masks and <laughs> oh, way before we knew anything about COVID, but um, yes. And, um, I didn't really go anywhere last year, but I had a great pandemic partner and we had a great uh, project that kept us busy and at home. So, yeah, we restored a 110 year old home. So lots, oh my gosh. lots of uh, projects to keep us busy right here. <laughs> well, is it if it's a over 100 year home, is it in a historic district? Is it counted as a historic home? No, yes, I mean, Mineral Wells, Texas is a very, has lots of deep, rich history here. So, um, yeah, I mean, people from, people from Hollywood came here to find the Fountain of Youth. <laughs> so, and um, lots of firsts here, you know, with the Baker Hotel and Crazy Water Hotel. And so, yes, I wouldn't say that. Um, our neighborhood is a historical district. I would just say that the whole entire town City of Mineral Wells is a historic district. Yes. Well, how fun! And um, you've got you've got a few places that you really like to play there, don't you? Yes. Oh, yeah. I was uh, um, I'm very delightfully surprised that Mineral Wells is is becoming. Um, you know, live music capital of Texas. <laughs> we just had a new venue open uh, a couple of months ago. And 
So, yeah, I, I, um, Crazy Eights just opened. I think that venue wins an award for being closest to home. I could, you know, I could walk there and be there in five minutes, but, you know, I have, I have a lot of gear to carry, <laughs> so, so I'll just drive there. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Drive and drop it off. <laughs> Well, um, we're going to play another song right now called Voices. And um, do you want to give a little bit of an insight on that one? Sure. Yeah, we uh, recorded Voices. It was on our our, uh, our freshman record, our first one. And, um, and, you know, this was another song that Heather and I, we were just, she had just picked me up in my apartment. We were on our way to play uh the long star bar and grill i think and uh you know over there on northwest highway <laughs> oh yeah i remember that um, we were we hadn't seen each other all week so we were probably you know back and forth already started uh girl talking and uh and then we passed a car dealership and and heard you know voices over the loudspeaker and and then she and I just started trading lines until, you know, we almost had a had a hole in one. That's what I call it when you can, can write one song on the spot. And we almost had a hole in one on the way to the Lone Star. <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard that about songwriting, but I do love it as a golfer. I can, I can relate yeah, completely. So maybe that's where maybe he inspired that term. <laughs> Who, who's the golfer? My father, yeah, my dad. Oh. Is, uh, yeah, that's his second home on a on the golf course. <laughs> So my dad as well. I don't know, maybe that generation. But uh, we're going to play voices now. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Andy K. Joyner. Um, and, and of course, Heather Stalling is also the other part of Blacktop Gypsy. And we're going to play voices right now. When we come back, we're going to talk about where you can find her and also about uh, her. She's just launching out on a solo career as well. And um, she's got a new song that she, an actual remake of a song that she's shared with us. It's not even out yet, and I can't wait to play it. But for right now, Voices with Andy K. Joyner, and we'll be right back right here on Texas Homegrown Music. I hear voices, I see illusions, guess it's all in my head. Now I'm stuck here while you're somewhere when you should.
We're back again with um, my guest, Andy K. Joyner. And um, Andy, so you played last night at Coffee and Cocktails right there in your town of Mineral Wells. So you're back out. Um, you know, things are starting to open up again as people are being coming vaccinated and getting their booster shots. I hope if you're out there, people, you know, um, and, and if, you know, they're they're out and about, you know, be safe for, for everybody concerned. I'm not going to get... I'm not going to uh, harp on it too much because I know we hear it so much, but I do want to say this, and I know you agree with me because we've talked about it off the air. Um, let's don't politicize this thing. Let's do it. Let's let's talk about it as if it's just something that we want to do to help humanity and help one another um, with someone like you, Andy Kay, that is you know, someone like you that's more susceptible and, you know, you, you still want to be able to get out and enjoy life. And if we every little thing that we can do to help, that's what we should do as good humans it has nothing to do with what political affiliation yes, you have. Yes, it's about our health. It's about, you know, I have people I didn't even know helping to fight to save my life. So, I, I, you know, I hope everybody else. Um, fights for their own and others. Yeah, I agree. So one of the things that we wanted to mention and give kudos to is um, Poor David's Pub that has um, every, well, you you started it on the 40th birthday of you and uh, Poor David's Pub, um, a party, and it always um, is a benefit for organ donors, the organ donation, which I believe is such a simple thing that we can do. Um, you just check that box and, and do that. You know, don't even give it another thought afterwards, because if you can give something in your death to give someone else life, it's a beautiful gift that we, we're all capable of doing. Be a donor. Absolutely. We are all here to help you know, our neighbor. And um, we all have gifts that we don't we're we don't even know of. But yeah, I believe that we're all here to help one another make it through this crazy thing called life. So um, it is the most unselfish gift that you can give and what you know what better gift is there to be able to live and enjoy um, this gift that we and to know that in your death you you'll give life and that's a beautiful thing and i believe in it big time and i'm so grateful that um that we have people that are willing to do that and we have people also we have i have a friend um that you know gave a kidney and in her life and you know while she was alive you know donated it and so there's you know there's beautiful things that we can do bittersweet um it needs to be talked about more i did not know anything um the only time i've ever heard about organ transplants you know we're on soap operas and in the movies and it's not a household discussion um but it you know, and until it affects your home. And um, so, yes, I'm grateful for my donor. I'm even more grateful that I know him. And organ donation is a bittersweet thing. It's a tragedy and a blessing, unless you have a living donor in which, you know, kidney and liver, uh, you can, um, you won't have to go through a tragic event in order to, to save, to save someone. 
So, yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting that we're talking about this because my son, who I'm actually in North Carolina right now taking care of, um, had a tragic accident in, in the hospital. He was given a form and asked if he would be willing to do that. And he's done it. He's filled it all out. And of course, he's he's fine. He's you know, he's had a, he had a bad accident. He's, he's OK. He's had two surgeries. But we were just going through it today. Um and we were reading about it and, and talking about it. And I think it's important for us, especially um, with young people to do that. And, and, you know, I, that's obviously I'm sitting there talking to my son about it and thinking what a tragedy it would be for me to lose him at any time, just as it would be for him to lose me. But what a beautiful thing and blessing to know that we could actually help someone else live. Yes. And you can find all of that kind of information at donatelife.org and you can register so yes it's good all my listeners do that please do that please go to donatelife.org and find out a way that you can get on the um, roster and you can sign up and and go through the process and of course when you renew your driver's license you can also check to to be an organ donor and it's important for us to find these ways that um that we can help um life well we're going to um we're going to play Angel Dream, and I'm so excited that you shared this song because it's not even out yet. And I listened to it this morning when you sent it to me, and oh my gosh, girl, you've just got such an angelic voice. It's so easy to listen to. And this particular song, um, I don't know, I, I'm, I've heard it from Tom Petty, but I have to say I love the way you do it. Thank you so much. Um, this is just, you know, this is not a th- uh, a Patty song that I was familiar with and um, until probably um, after his passing. Um, but I heard it and it almost knocked me down, you know, from the emotion, the lyrics, the feeling that it gave me. And every word, um, every word of that song is meaningful. And um, you know, like a lot of Tom Petty songs, <laughs> he's got the gift that um, to create music that makes people feel like he wrote it, especially for them. And that's the way I well, and that isn't that the beautiful, beautiful thing about yeah, and that's the beautiful thing about the song. I was able to share it with my donor's family uh, the first time I met them. I played it for them. I, they asked me to sing it, and I said, no, I'm not going to be able to do that. But here, let me play it for you. I didn't want to break down in front of them. But, um, yes, I, I, it's a beautiful, meaningful song. And um, I was very um, happy that I was able to uh, bring Blacktop Gypsy back together and in the studio and recorded it recently. So... Well, it is a gorgeous song, and you guys just nailed it. I um, and I, I'm I'm just so excited that I get to play it here, and you get to hear it first on Texas Homegrown Music. This song is called Angel Dream, and Andy Kay, I've just enjoyed getting to know you. You're just a beautiful soul. I'm I'm happy to know that you're in love, and life is good, and you've got a bright and beautiful future. That you're healthy and strong and that you're continuing to play music, which is obviously what you were placed on this earth to do because you do it so well and it's so natural and so beautiful. I dreamed you 
the be 
So that was Ain't Your Mama by Blacktop Gypsy, the girls um, Andy K. Joyner and Heather Stalling. I really enjoyed getting to know Andy Kay better, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing her in person and giving her a big hug and saying congratulations on a beautiful life that uh, she can continue to do because of organ donation. And um, if you don't know that much about it, get to know about it. I mean, I think that most people probably don't even know anything unless they're going to get their license renewed and they're asked if they want to be an organ donor. But if you'd like to know more information, go to donatelife.org. Get the information, get on the registry. It's a beautiful thing that you can do um, to give life to someone that needs it. And I, I know it's a, it's a touchy subject for a lot of people, but for me, I think we need to talk about it. And, and, and the more we know about it and the more that we can talk about things, it makes it a lot easier for everybody involved. So donatelife.org. We're going to close the show today with a good friend of mine's song, um, Ian Moore, who I've known for a long time and even uh, recorded some of his songs. He's going to be in the Dallas-Fort Worth area at Poor David's Pub on Friday, December 17th. So you guys go see him play. He's so remarkable. And uh, he's going to hopefully play this song, one of my favorites. It's called Blue Sky. So we're going to close the show with it right now. I just want to say thanks again to all of my listeners out there. Remember to love life. You get out of it what you put into it. Thank you again to Tupps Brewery and the Guitar Sanctuary for making this possible. Hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and wonderful week ahead. And we'll be back next week with more artists that are Texas-fluenced. And um, some of them live here. Some of them don't live here any longer. But they're Texas-influential artists. And we love having them on the show. So peace out, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Here you go. Ian Moore with Blue Sky. Oh, 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 oh,